and that she was full of the Holy Scripture. She was full of the Annunciation. She was full of the Visitation. The hand of God was upon her. And so when she heard Elizabeth affirm what was in her womb, she naturally broke out into song, filled with Old Testament illusion. This is a song of joy which will eventuate in joy to the world. Today on the Songtime broadcast, we continue our Advent series as this week, Kent Hughes takes us to the story of the Magnificent here in Luke chapter 1. This is the Song of Mary, her expression of joy and gladness as she understands the gift that she has been given to give birth to the Savior of the world. Stay tuned for that message, but first we're going to be joined by Steph Williams, who is going to have to win a record for the shortest book that I have ever interviewed here on the Songtime broadcast. Stay tuned for that and the many voices coming together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. Last week, I mentioned that we have a book here at the Songtime office for everyone on your shopping list. In fact, you should be giving books away this Christmas because books are a gift that keeps on giving, especially when they are helpful in in a spiritual sense. They can help people understand the gospel. Uh, We even have books that would be perfect for unbelievers in your life, for teenagers and for uh, adults, for those who are questioning their faith. Some great books on apologetics. All of these are resources that we would love to make available to you as a thank you for your support to the Songtime Ministry. Give us a call. Find out what books we have available as you're doing your Christmas shopping, and we would love to help you fulfill those longer lists that you have this year, and you'd be giving back to us as we give to you, and you give to them. So give us a call, 508-362-7070. Now, some of you that like to, you know, pick apart everything that I say and argue might be saying, well, you can't possibly have a book for everyone. What about little children who can't even read? read yet. Well, stay tuned because today we are joined by Steph Williams, who's written a book for little children called The Christmas Surprise. It's a great privilege to have her with us today. Steph, thank you for being a part of The Many Voices for that one message. Thank you. My pleasure. I want to get started by telling us a little bit about yourself. I mean, this is a rather unique book. Uh, it's a children's book. It's got a lot of uh, great drawings and some great artistry in here, as well as a short and concise story on the, the Christmas surprise. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what got you started with the children's books. Um, so I started um, drawing the children's books um, for a number of reasons. My background is... Um, I did a degree in fine art and English and um, then went into doing some graphic design. I worked for a little bit for the Christian unions, the student Christian unions in the UK, and then went uh, worked for a graphic design organization and then more recently started my own graphic design company with my husband, who's more techie. Um, <laughs> and yes, so I think there were a few reasons, really. I was involved in the children's toddler group at our church where we had some playtime and then we would be reading a Bible story and there would be a lot of families from non-Christian backgrounds there. Um, And they started to ask me to help telling the story. So I just found it quite a nice and natural format for the children to draw some illustrations and read it as a book rather than trying to kind of always act it out. Um, And But a lot of the Bible stories that I found were very kind of factual and not a lot to help people understand them. 
or maybe they had a lot of words that were a bit above the children's head and hard to kind of contain their interest and um yeah I was also looking for books I could give friends who were sort of not really from a Christian background but sort of interested or maybe from a Christian background but didn't really um follow the Lord themselves and um it's a really great way to share the gospel with people giving them books and books for their children um but a lot of the ones that I found they sort of just told you the facts of the story but not really any way to help you actually understand what it meant or what the significance was in the bible and um and then also for our own children as well I was finding that we did I mean our children were quite against going to sleep <laughs> and they didn't sleep very well so we had to spend a long time reading stories before bedtime just to try and calm them down to be in the right mood to go to sleep so we'd read a few um secular stories and then um a christian story at the end but they were kind of saying oh why do we have to have the christian story can't we read the other ones and they seem to be all the boring stories for them and it's not because the bible is boring or the stories are boring but the way they were told was kind of in language they might not understand or too long, too many words on the page or just not very good storytelling, kind of focusing on accuracy, but not really accurate because the words were a bit above their head. Um, so for all those reasons, I just wanted to try and um, write and draw something. And also the artwork in the Christian books tended to be a lot more dated as well. So there were some beautiful books with non-Christian stories, but um less so with kind of Christian books that I could find at the time. So yeah, for those reasons, I just wanted to write something. So the Christian books were some of the better ones on the on our bookshelves and also writing in a way that the children would understand and that their families would kind of a little bit start to understand um, the, the message of what was happening in the New Testament and in the Bible, who Jesus was and all these things, you know, mm. why he was doing all these miracles and yeah. I think that's incredibly important, especially when your kids are the ones who are picking the books that they want you to read, and uh, they're fussy if they if it's a book that they don't want to read. Getting them a book that they will want to hear and a story that they they want to hear over and over again. Obviously, Christmas is a season for that in particular to capture the kids' imagination for a season that already has a lot of attention on it, and kids are already really wound up. The, the Christmas Surprise is really a great sort of introduction to a series of books that you've written. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. There is so much going on at Christmas, so to try and engage their attention in the real story, you know, the, the most important story is hard. But yeah, it's just a, there's a lot to say in the whole Bible story. So the Christmas Surprise um, kind of starts to introduce them to some of the main things that come across in those Bible accounts of the of Christmas. And then um actually if you read it together with my easter story you kind of get the whole picture then a bit more of the bible how we're in this fallen world but jesus is coming to to fix things and to fix our relationship with god and then the easter story kind of goes on to tell a bit more about how he did that i think for a lot of parents they want to have this ability to provide for their kids a a christian foundation a foundation that is solid in the word of god but as you said there are a lot of storybooks out there that are doing that uh, just not in a way that is concise and i think in some ways we're trying to do too much in those settings really simple is better in this con kind of context isn't it yeah i definitely agree yeah i think we do tend to aim things higher than the children's age in general 
And if you think about it, we want them to understand the Bible and what the Bible is saying or the gospel. And if they, if we say a lot to them, but they understand none of it, <laughs> that's less worthwhile than saying something that they are actually going to understand one or two things from. Um, and then over time, we can tell them more. We've been talking with Steph Williams about her book called The Christmas Surprise, a book for little children that conveys beautifully the gospel story, the gospel narrative, and what we're celebrating here at Christmas. And for all of you naysayers that were thinking, there's no way possible that he could get a gift for everyone on my shopping list because I have little children, well, I've done it. I've found a book for just about everyone on your shopping list, and we have them all here at the Songtime office. In fact, uh, you could get all of your shopping done in just one phone call. Give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. And of course, when you call, make sure to ask more about Steph Williams and her book, The Christmas Surprise. Again, our number is 508 362 7070. Before we get into our message today, as we'll hear from Kent Hughes in our study here uh, in Luke chapter 1, uh, a quick word of encouragement to you. Many of you who have been listening for a long time, many, some of you have been listening before I even took over for our founder, Dr. John DeBryan. In fact, this ministry has been around for almost 60 years. That is a great testimony to the faithfulness of God and the work that he's been doing through this ministry for all of those decades. But let me encourage you that especially after the past several years, we've seen a recession, and I know that it's difficult. Going into Christmas, it's harder and harder to find ways to support all of the ministries that you want to support. There are many good ministries out there, and many, I'm sure, on your list that have been a blessing to you, and you want to give to all of them, but um, you're finding it difficult this year with a lot of uncertainty about what next year may hold. Well, let me just tell you that one of the ways that you can be an encouragement to us is by sending in your support. And it can be a donation of any amount, even if it was just $1. What it does, it reaffirms to us, it not only supports the work that we're doing, but it also reaffirms to us that you have been blessed. So we can take that donation and we can see that you are encouraged, and that will be an encouragement to us to keep persevering, especially in these difficult times. It lets us know that you care, it lets us know that you're out there. It lets us know that even though we can't see you face to face, that you are blessed by the message that we're putting together every single day. And if you have been encouraged, please consider writing to us at Songtime Radio, PO Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call. It's 508 362 7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com, where you can make a safe and secure donation online. Well, today we are continuing our Advent series, and this week we're going to be looking at the story of the Magnificent. In this message from Kent Hughes, he takes us to the Song of Mary, as she expresses spontaneously this, this joy and excitement and worship as she begins to realize the gift that she has been given to give birth to the Savior of the world. Here is Kent Hughes with a closer look at the Song of Mary. I have to say, looking over scripture, that the drama which uh, precedes this song is unparalleled. Nothing quite like it. Unborn John has soared in the watery darkness of his mother's womb. 
And he did so because he was responding to the presence of the Messiah in Mary's womb. His glad leap was prophetic of what he was going to do in life as he would herald the way of the Messiah of God. And then before baby John settles back down in his mother's womb, he's no doubt still moving. Elizabeth is filled with the Holy Spirit and she raises a prophetic cry which celebrates the divine person, that's Jesus in Mary's womb, with a cascade of praise after praise. Now that is a setting. There must have been silence. And if so, the silence was stunning. As Mary and Elizabeth regarded one another, and then Mary, with majestic cadence, began to sing the first song of the Incarnation, the Magnificat. There'd be other songs followed. There's the Benedictus of Zechariah. There's the glory of the angels. There's the Nucdimitus of Simeon. But this is the greatest of songs. Our text for this morning, a fitting text, as we're just a few days now from the celebration of Christmas. It is so great. And predictably, its greatness has brought, brought out the cries of the critics. Now, here's what they say. They say, it's too theological for Mary. It's too packed with Old Testament allusions for Mary to say it. It's too carefully structured. It's good poetry. It's too poetic. It is too finished. So then what they say is, is that there were evidently canticles that existed, that songs that existed in the times of Mary, which Luke borrowed from, maybe they borrowed from a Maccabean hymns, except there are no Maccabean hymns that have these lines, or from the Qumran library of hymns, but nothing there. Or, here's the good one, that the early church made up these hymns and that they read them back into this and that Luke included it in there that Mary didn't say it because it's just too good. Too good to be true, I guess. But what we understand is that the Magnificat is a brilliantly woven tapestry of Scripture. There are specific parallels to the Song of Hannah and every line in there has an allusion in the Old Testament. The Song of Hannah is in 1 Samuel, the uh, first chapter, second chapter, verses 1 through 11. And there you will find many of the things that are here. And we agree that it is supremely theological. But there are some things that we need to keep in mind when we consider this, and that is that every young Israelite knew by heart the principal songs of Hannah, and Deborah, and David, and they sang them customarily at feast days. And then, when you think of the situation, she has just had the Annunciation from Gabriel. She's gone up, and she's had the visitation with Elizabeth. Between that Annunciation and between the visitation, as she went up there, she no doubt meditated on the song of Hannah, a woman who God 
intervened in her life so that she could have birth a desperate woman. And then you also have to understand that this is inspired by the Holy Spirit and that her experience was like the prophets of old. As Peter says in 2 Peter 1.21, For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit, and that she was full of the Holy Scripture. She was full of the Annunciation. She was full of the Visitation. The hand of God was upon her. And so when she heard Elizabeth affirm what was in her womb, she naturally broke out into song, filled with Old Testament illusion. It was a divine human composition, nothing less. It is theological and it is supreme. Mary begins her song by giving unforgettable expression to what's inside of her. Down through verse 50, it is very, very, very personal as she describes, and may I say joyously describes what is going on inside of her and what she thinks. This is a song of joy which will eventuate in joy to the world. Every year here at Song Time, we design our own Christmas card and send that out to our listeners and supporters. And in that card, we always tell the story of one of uh, our Christmas hymns, a hymn story. And this year, we chose the story of the Magnificat. This is the Song of Mary. And although it's not a traditional hymn, and, and in fact, many of us probably don't sing it in our churches, and you probably won't even find it in your hymnal, you certainly will find it in your Bible. Here in Luke chapter 1, we see this song uh, or this uh, utterance, this, uh, this spontaneous outburst of Mary as she expresses worship and glory to the God of, of heaven and the gift that she has been given and her realization that this child will be the savior of the world. It really is a beautiful story and so so well written by our editor here at Songtime, uh, Micah Lovell, as it tells the story of the Magnificent and the Song of Mary. If you're not getting our Christmas card, well, that means one thing in particular. You're probably not on our mailing list. And there's no reason for that. You can let us know that you want to be on our mailing list and we'll put you on for free, not even have to make a donation. But I would encourage you to make a donation of some sort, especially here at the end of the year. Uh, As we seek to be a blessing to you every month, we send out uh, an encouragement, a, a publication that will help you and challenge you, especially in line with a lot of our programming here on the radio. Join with us in getting a free publication every month, including our Christmas card when you give us a call, 508-362-7070. Or you can read um, Michael Lovell's story of the uh, story behind The Magnificent when you head over to our website at songtime.com. Well, let me tell you, as we are a ministry that is fully financed, fully supported by you, our listeners, when we get closer to the end of the year, this is the crunch time. And 
I don't like to ask for money any more than you like to hear about it. But let me tell you the way in which God has blessed this ministry throughout almost six decades of ministry here in New England and the Northeast. We have been, for all those years, a a constant beacon of the gospel. And that is saying a lot, especially here in New England, especially under the environments and the challenges of being a nonprofit, a, 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 a parachurch ministry in the Northeast. If you've been blessed by the Songtime ministry, join with the many voices for that one message and support the, the effort to make the gospel known throughout New England and the Northeast with your love, your prayers, and your financial support. Consider us in your end-of-the-year giving when you write to Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or you can give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. That's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com, where you can make a safe and secure donation online, or you can look us up on social media. Don't forget to tune in again tomorrow as we continue to unpack the magnificent and the glory in what Mary truly understood, the gift that she had been given to give birth to the Son of God. My soul magnifies the Lord. It was impossible to make an omniscient, ever-present God who created everything bigger, but you can make God bigger in your soul. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Luke 2:14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased.